Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Right now, joining me is Jamie Smith, who you may know from ESPN FC or No Nay Never. Uh, we're going to be talking all things Burnley, so uh, just from the top, let's talk about Burnley's season on the whole. Obviously, there were ups and downs both on and off the pitch, but in the end, you stay safe. Uh, and that's really what the objective was coming into this year. 16th, I'm sure you would not have shaken your head at at the start of the season. Yeah, this this is exactly it. I mean, the second half of the season has been not great and a bit dull at times, to be honest. But I think it's testament to the work that Sean Dyche and his players have done that it has been dull. Why <laughs> don't we take <laughs> yeah. the dull end of the season and survival rather than it being really, really dramatic and heart-wrenching and horrible and tense and get relegated. So the fact that we were safe with a couple of games to go, effectively we've been safe for weeks, really, realistically, um, is fantastic. I think the end of the season wasn't great. Um, I think we ended up with two wins from the last 16, which is Ooh. pretty rubbish. Really. But one of them was an away win. Yeah, the only <laughs> away win of the season. But then you look at things like that. We won once away all season and managed to stay up relatively easily. Um, the table obviously doesn't lie at the end of the season, but I think we were six points clear of the relegation zone and six points off eight. Yeah. So we're basically mid-table. It's just that the gaps are slanted against us way towards the bottom of the cluster rather than towards the top. Um, we could have got more points. I'm sure all clubs could have said the same. Um we took our foot off the gas at the end of the season. Again, a lot of clubs that get to 40 points do the same. And it's it's understandable. The players have put a lot of effort in. It's been a long season. Although you play less games compared to the championship, the more intense, you get tired easier, I think. Um, and yeah, it's been our third season in the Premier League and we stayed up for the first time. So although I think some fans are a bit deflated, I'm certainly a bit deflated with the way it's finished. And I'm a bit glad it's over, to be honest. I'm ready for a break over the summer. Um, it's fantastic that we've stayed up and, and that we're looking forward to another season in the Premier League. It's something that absolutely everyone would have taken at the start of the campaign. Yeah, and uh, as a quote-unquote neutral, I'd, I'd definitely like to see Burnley kind of legitimize themselves here in the Premier League. Yeah, I uh, think long-term. we're also doing it for the little guys. I mean, like... yeah. Clubs like Bournemouth have done it as well, and Swansea have probably similar size to us, although they've kicked on a bit in the last few years. So I think it's good to see the smaller, unfashionable teams doing well. It shows that it can be done. Things like Leicester winning the Premier League, mm. it shows that it's not as simple as arrange the league table by budget, and that's how it finishes, which is how it feels like sometimes. So, yeah, I think it's it's great what we've managed to do, but 
hopefully next season we'll have uh, a few more high points. <laughs> yeah, that's something uh, that would definitely be pleasant for you, I'm sure. Yeah, I think um, that it's, it's partly the, the disappointment of, of both cup competitions for me is a bit of oh, a... Yeah. A, a bit of a lasting negative. Um, I wasn't that bothered about the the EFL Cup, although we were really poor, and you never want to lose to a, a neighbour. I wouldn't call Lackings and Stanley a local rival because they've never been near the same league as us, really. But you don't want to lose to a team that only plays a few miles away. Um, and then the FA Cup, it was really, really poor. You can't lose at home to a, a non-league team. And I think a lot of fans have just been willing to just forget that that happened um, when realistically we should have been in the quarterfinals. And then you never know, we could have gone to Wembley, we could have been in the FA Cup final. So I think it's been a season of missed opportunities in a way. But yeah, at the start of the season, if you'd said 16 and you don't have a cup run, no one would have been bothered. Everyone would have been happy. Yeah. Um, how important for a club your size is just having the Premier League money for another year as well as actually being in the league? Yeah, I think it makes a big difference. I mean, obviously, um, this was the first season with the new TV deal, wasn't it? So the, the fees are just ridiculous. I saw somewhere that, that Sunderland got more money for finishing bottom this year than Leicester got for winning the league last year, um, which is insane. But, yeah, I think it makes a difference if you've got the stability. Obviously, there's the, the parachute payments that you get and stuff that makes it easier if you go down. But what we did, getting relegated and coming straight back up, it's not that easy. Even if you have the parachute payments, even if you've got players and a manager that's been there and done it before, it's not easy. So what we've managed to do to go down, come back up and then stay up, it's a fantastic achievement. And the, the fact that the, the money's now going to be there and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to invest in the squad over the summer by some players that are a bit more exciting to watch, hopefully. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. The money's going to make a massive difference. I think a lot of the off the field stuff's been dealt with. We've got new training ground open this season. It's supposedly state of the art, the best that money can buy, all these things. So I think everything's in place off the field now, and it's a case of, of investing in the playing squad as much as possible. Makes sense. Um, I do want to touch on somebody who we admittedly have talked plenty about <laughs> yeah. this season um, in Andre Gray. Uh, we talked about controversy. We talked about that stretch of about two months where he was just on fire. Um, and now we're at this weird narrative point where basically every story I've seen about him in the last two months has consecutively been either he's moving to a big club because he's super talented or he's not good enough for Burnley and shouldn't be starting, which then he ended up not. Just curious to to hear your thoughts one more time on Gray, but this time more specifically about how he's played and what his mentality may be like, considering he seems to be getting it from all angles at the moment. Yeah, it's been a, a strange season for Andre Gray. I'm sure, looking back at it, when he has time to reflect, the fact that he scored nine goals, I think, in the Premier League, his first season in the top flight, he was playing non-league football three, four years ago. So it's been an incredible rise. And he'll probably think he's done okay on balance. Um but obviously there was the Twitter scandal early in the season. He had a period out of the side, suspended, struggled to get back in. He's finished the season mostly out of the team, although he started on Sunday. Um, so I think um, he's, on balance, I think he's shown that he can score goals in the Premier League. I don't think the team's been set up to suit Gray for much of the season. And I think the tactic should have been tweaked to be more suitable. 
I think you would have scored more goals if we'd given him the sort of service he craves. There's been a lot of games where he's not really had a chance. He's just run the channels all game, chased long balls. And it's it's not what he's there for, to be honest. Um, I think it's indicative of maybe his agent trying to manufacture a move. All these stories linking him with Spurs and Newcastle and various teams. It seemed at one point that every week there was a different club. It it felt like an agent to me rather than genuine interest. Yeah. But that said, I think there will be clubs that make bids in the summer. He's only got a year left on his contract, which is always an awkward situation. If we can't persuade him to sign a new one, then we might have to cash in or risk losing him for nothing. So it's a tricky one. I'd like to see him stay. I think he's undervalued by a lot of supporters. They put out that his first touch isn't very good. Correct, his first touch isn't very good. Um, mm. But he scored nine goals in the Premier League. If you say to Burnley fans, who are you going to get that's going to get you nine, ten goals in the Premier League, considering as well that he's not started every game, he's had a couple of periods out of the team. I think his record works out about one in three. It's pretty good for someone in the Premier League for the first time in his career. Um, I think he's scored goals at every level he's been at. I think he'll continue to do that. And if he goes to a club where it's set up to serve him, I think he could score 15 goals in the Premier League in a season, and that'd be fantastic. So I think it's going to be a big summer. I think we've got to decide whether we're going to try and go all out to keep him and then engineer the team to be suited to him or cash in and go down a different road. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see what route that takes. But... Over the last five matches, you mentioned that things weren't really great for Burnley, but things were great for a certain Sam Vokes, who scored in the last five matches of the season. If Gray did move on, or if he just didn't perform next year, do you feel confident that he would be a decent player to take over that mantle, or do you think you'd need to bring someone else in to, to solidify that role? Yeah, Vokes is probably the only player who's ended the season in good form, for us, to be honest. Um, five in five's an incredible run of form for any striker, but Vokes has never really been a a prolific goal scorer for us. He's always chipped in, but he's always been the second striker, really. Um, he used to play with Danny Ings. Danny Ings scored a lot of the goals when he played with Gray last season. Volk's got a lot, but Gray scored more. Volk's is really there to take the attention away from the the other guy who's going to score all the goals, hold the ball up, do the legwork, all that sort of stuff. So I think it would be asking a lot for Volk's to be the main man. He did end as the top goal scorer this season. He got 10 in the league, 12 in all competitions, I think. But he played pretty much every game and Gray didn't, which I think is an important factor. Um, this season was weird as well. Volk's and Gray were such a good partnership last season and we've not really seen it this much, that much this year. Obviously, we talked about Gray's suspension. He had a time out the side. Volk's played up front on his own in a 4-5-1 and we were quite successful with that system early in the season. Dash then didn't use it again after Gray got back in the team. Then we had a spell <laughs> towards the end of the campaign where it was Ashley Barnes playing with Volks. So the number of games that Volks and Gray started together wasn't actually that many in the end, which makes me think we're thinking ahead for, for Gray to go. I really like Sam Volks. Um, I think statistically he's Goals record isn't fantastic in the top flight. But like a lot of our players, it's the first real crack he's had at it. Last time we were in the Premier League, he was injured for pretty much the whole season. Didn't really get to play. 
Um, so uh, someone showed me a stat that said he scored five in his last five Premier League appearances, and he scored five in his previous fifty-five. Um, oh, wow. I don't know how accurate that is. It's incredible, isn't it? Really, to the turnaround at the end of the season. I think it's the sort of guy you can have another goal scorer playoff. If we're going to play four four two, I think we need someone who's going to be more of a pure goal scorer to play with folks. But I'm a big fan. I'm really glad that he's shown that he can do it this season because at the start of the campaign, a lot of people were saying we need to replace Sam Bolts, and I don't think anyone's saying that anymore. Yeah, that that is a great stat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope it's accurate because it's a brilliant stat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we all hope that that's real. Um, obviously, now that you've consolidated yourself for at least two consecutive seasons, um, what what else needs to be added to the squad? We've talked about departures before. As chances for Heat and Keen to go, obviously Gray is heavily linked away. Um, but who who might you need to bring in regardless? Like, what do you think are the weaknesses in the eleven that could really be strengthened if you want to make sure that you're in the Premier League again come the following year? Yeah, it's a difficult one, really, because you don't know who's going to go. I think everyone thinks Keane will go. But aside from that, we're pretty much hopeful we'll keep everyone else. Gray, I think, is a bit of a margin case. We're not sure what's going to happen there. So I think we'll need a striker whatever happens, because we've only got three. So if Gray goes, we'll need two. We certainly need one anyway. Replacing Keane's going to be the big thing. Um, the, the last three games, Ben, me and Michael Keane have both been injured. and conceded two goals in each of those games. Um, obviously, these matches at the end of the season don't really count for too much when we've already been safe. So um, it's it, you don't want to get too carried away with assessing players in matches that have nothing counting on them. But we have looked a bit more dodgy at the back compared to the rest of the season. So I think we'd need to bolster the defence a bit more um, and try and find someone who's going to be the next Michael Keane, really. That's what we've got to do for me. Um, He's been fantastic for us in the last two seasons and replacing him is going to be really tough. What I'd like to see us do as well, he's had some creativity in the team. Um, Stephen Defoe looks like he's going to go maybe back to Belgium. Not really worked out for him at Burnley. He started the season pretty well. He's had fitness problems. He's had periods where he can't play at all. Even when he was starting, he was coming off after an hour because his legs just wouldn't carry him through a full match. Um, but statistically, we've been really good when he's played. I was looking at the the figures for something last week, and I think he'd started 19, 19 games in all competitions, and we won 10, which is staggering really, for a club that finished 16th in the league, for someone to have an individual win ratio over 50%. Um, so I think re- replacing Defoe's creativity, assuming he goes, is going to be crucial as well. We need someone who can open the door in the final third, create the supply line for players like Gray. We've missed someone who can play the through balls and really open defen- defences that are really tight in this league. I think we'll need to see more from Robbie Brady, we paid a lot of money for Brady in January. It's not really worked out for Brady yet. I think there's more to come from him. And also Jeff Hendrick, who was also a club record signing when he came. And so best I think more from <laughs> Yeah, best <laughs> friends. We, we thought, like, we'll sign Brady and they'll just, like, do all the good stuff between them and just give the ball to Brady and Hendrick and they'll just do it all. It's not really worked out like that. So maybe sign more Irish players who were friends with Brady and Hendrick and just <laughs> fill the team with players who know each other. I think Robbie Keane's um, on a free. 
yeah. Oh my gosh. Can we start that? Very interesting. Can we start a Robbie Keane to Burnley rumor? There was some talk, I think, in January, but it's it's probably been too long away from the Premier League now. I don't know. Um, I think overall, though, pace is what we really need in the team. Gray is really the only player we've got who can run away from players. Mm. Um, So if Gray was to go, then we'd really look a bit slow compared to a lot of teams. So pace on the one and attack, I think, is what we're really missing in the squad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned DeFore and what he did, and obviously Brady was not uh, living up to everything that you had hoped. Was there anybody else that came in that impressed or disappointed, or is that, that just about it? It was, it's a funny one, really. I think Dash sort of re- reverted to the, the players that he trusted from before and towards the end of the season. So Brady ended up on the bench, even though there was dead rubbers, and it seems like the perfect opportunity to give someone a low-pressure few matches or just see what you can do. Um, I think that was a bit of a waste, really. Um, Jeff Hendricks done all right. He didn't start that well. A lot of people were questioning the fee. Um, after a few games. But he settled in quite nicely. I think uh, we can build a midfield around Hendrick, and that'll be something for, for Dash to look at in the summer. Obviously, there's not going to be Joey Barton because of his betting ban. Dean Marnie's still injured. So we're a bit light in central midfield. Hendrick's probably going to be the main guy in there next season. Um, Good Munson was the other winger we signed. I really like him. He's had fitness problems as well. He's had a couple of periods out of the team. He's seems to be one of these who gets a little injury that's a couple of weeks and then he's on the bench for a couple of weeks and then he gets back in the team and then he gets injured again. It's been one of those where he's not really had the the rhythm from playing every week. So hopefully he can stay fit next season because I think he's got the quality to, to really provide supply lines for our forwards. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all been a bit average from the signings. No one's really come in and gone, I'm going to take the team on a level. And I think that's what we need to try and do in the summer, maybe. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty good segue into the summer. Uh, do you think that Burnley will have a different approach this year than in years past, which has tended to be pretty conservative? I don't know. I think um, it, it's been a good balance, I think, this season. We've brought the transfer record three times, which is incredible. <laughs> 
it's just a shame that we ended up with two of the players on the bench at the end of the campaign, which suggests that it's not yeah. really worked. Um, I was talking to someone else about this earlier. I suspect Dash might be better when he doesn't really have any money to spend. You look at Dash's biggest transfers, and they've not really been unqualified successes. Andre Gray last season, yes. This season, you're a bit more... Eh. Jeff Henry, still a bit unsure of, maybe. Robbie Brady, it's not happened for him, so... When he spent big money on players, it's not always worked. I'd almost say, like, this summer, don't give him 50 million to spend, give him like 10 million to spend. See what he can do with that <laughs> instead. Um, which is a bizarre thing to argue because normally you think like more money equals better players. But um, I think it'll be a balance. We all know Dash likes players who are going to give everything and run all day. And you need a bit of that in the Premier League when you're going to be up against it in games like we are. Um, but you also need players who can win your games. And the second half of the season in particular, we've not had enough of that. Defoe's not been playing. Brady was brought in to do that and he's not played enough. Gray's then been out of the team. So the players that you'd look at to be the match winners, we've either not quite got enough out of them or they've ended up not playing. Um, so I think a couple of match winners really has to be towards the top of the edge top of the shopping list for the summer but we're realistic as well we Burnley we can't compete with clubs on fees and wages so you're looking at maybe players who've been relegated from other clubs players who are undervalued in the championship we're not going to be going to Premier League clubs and taking their best players we just can't do that it's really interesting to hear you talking about not being able to compete with other clubs on wages because it just kind of shows how segmented the Premier League is because not to make this about myself or Tottenham, but that's how it feels versus the big, big clubs around yeah. there. So it's just interesting to hear like a very similar um, thought from a different position in the league. Um, obviously, it, different yeah, well, <laughs> scales. Brady, but... for example, there was talk when Brady came that he was on about 30, 35,000 a week, which to me or you is a lot of money. But to a Premier League player, it's not that much. Right. And you think, like, our best player is on 30, 35 grand a week. There's kids at Chelsea on more than that that haven't played yet. So it, it, it shows you where the imbalance is in terms of financials. And a player like Michael Keane, who we'd love to sign a new contract, what, what can we afford to offer him compared to what he could get if he went back to Man United or if he went to Everton or wherever... Keen goes in the summer. We just can't compete once we get to that sort of level. Mm. So you've got to be quite clever in the transfer market and find the find the angles where players are undervalued and pick up players you can develop. And it's really difficult, and that's why you end up paying thirteen million for Robbie Brady, hoping that he's going to be able to do it in the Premier League when he's never really done it there before. And we've just got to take gambles, really, with players like that. Yeah, and then obviously the issue with that is then gambles that go wrong hurt more than if you were to bigger club that had more money to absorb those kind of losses. Um, so from there, we can look forward to 2017, 2018. Is it just another case of staying in the Premier League, continuing to solidify your status uh, in the top division, or is there something else you're looking for, maybe some more success in the cup competitions? A cup run's always nice. I think it gets the fans excited. Um but then I understand that Premier League survival has to come above everything else. Um, even now, I think, if you offered most Burnley fans 17 next season, they'd take it. Because there's an understanding that 
a club the size of Burnley is always going to be battling in the Premier League. Like the best, <laughs> it sounds really negative to say it, but this this could be the best we can hope for. Just trying to be relatively safe in the Premier League. It's probably not a very exciting existence. <laughs> being like a West Brom who always stays up <laughs> and similarly drama. forgot to play basically the last two months <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah I think um, even looking at the table this season I think we could have finished higher maybe even should have finished higher um, I can't believe that we finished below Swansea <laughs> Swansea were, <laughs> were everyone thought Swansea they were relegated, been relegated up until last week <laughs> yeah exactly and then they won like four of the last five games or something ridiculous and finished above us. So, yeah, I think um, realistically it's going to be another battle. Obviously, the away form is an area to improve. We'd love to win some more games away from home, but we understand that all the majority of our points are going to come at home. We have to make it difficult for teams. We won 10 of our home games this season. If we can do that again next season, we'll be absolutely delighted. Um and so, yeah, hopefully we'll stay up. To be honest, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we didn't. I think the championships are really fun league to be in. And we now have a club where if we get relegated, we'll have a fair chance of coming back again because we've done it. We know how to get out of that league. And the club's set up for that sort of challenge now. So I mean, the, the, the Premier League can be a bit of a slog, I think, sometimes. And after the summer break, I'm sure I'll be really excited about it again. But at the minute, I'm just like... I'm really glad that that's over. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for. I'm ready to be done with the Premier League for a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the comparison to West Brom did raise a question in my mind, which is at a certain point they felt that they needed to change managers because things were getting too stale. Then they faced a relegation battle. Then went and got Tony Pulis. Things were as boring as ever, but now they're safe as ever. Do you ever see Burnley having that kind of internal question about Dice? Like, how high up do you think you can go before that may become a talking point? I don't know. It is a really interesting one because a lot of Burnley fans won't even entertain the notion of Burnley Football Club after Sean Dice, when everyone knows managers leave all the time. The fact that Dice has done four and a half years at Burnley is a miracle. There's only Eddie Howe yeah. who left. Burnley and then Arsene Wenger there's only those two in the Premier League who've been at their clubs longer it just doesn't happen anymore um, so at some point we're not going to have Sean Dash is, does he go on to something better or do we turn rubbish and then decide we have to get rid of him um, it, it's a really interesting one for me to look at clubs like Watford who they're a similar size to us they've stayed up twice relatively easily and they keep sacking the manager decided that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. um, Southampton finishing the top half of the league. They got to a cup final. They're going to sack their manager. <laughs> it's, I don't understand what managers have to do to keep the job anymore. Um, from my point of view, like, I've got such mixed feelings about Dash because I appreciate everything he's done for the club and I'm so grateful that he's taken us to the Premier League and kept us there. Got fantastic memories of winning the league at, at Charlton and beating Liverpool at home in the league and competing with Chelsea, who then won the title. All this is fantastic. But I watch games and I'm so bored all the time. <laughs> His team is horrible to watch most of the time. I, when we beat Liverpool early in the season, we scored two fantastic goals and defended 
for the whole game. Like, it's not fun. I don't have fun watching Burnley anymore. Um, so, as a massively roundabout way of answering your question, um, if Dash was to go, I would appreciate everything that he'd done, but see it as an opportunity to then maybe be a bit more expansive, appoint someone a bit more progressive, um, maybe one of these shiny foreign managers everyone else has who has these ideas like passing the football and stuff, maybe do that. <laughs> but I think realistically, <laughs> everyone inside Burnley is very much, Dash is going to stay forever. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I think... Um, for certainly medium term, Sean Dyche is going to be Burnley manager because I think it's difficult for him at Burnley to do enough to earn the next job. Mm. You know what I mean? Like these British managers don't seem to get the the chance further up, and I know that's the bugbear of, of Dyche. He's talked about it a lot this season that the, the foreign managers seem to get the opportunities, and it doesn't filter down. Like managers like Pulis have done fantastic work at a number of clubs. Why aren't they getting the chance at the next level up? Eddie Howe's done brilliant work at Bournemouth. Where, where's his next chance? So, mm. I don't see where Dash goes that's up from Burnley either. So maybe he's going to break the mould and be someone who stays at the club for 10, 15 years. Maybe that'll be the case. I just don't know at the minute. <laughs> but hopefully you pass the ball somewhere and score some more <laughs> yeah, as well. Just, just <laughs> pass the ball, try and store a goal. Like, yeah. I don't think I'm asking that much. To quote, <laughs> like, to quote a fan from an MLS game that I attended once, kick it! <laughs> <laughs> kick it in the goal! Oh, yeah, they should kick it more. It's a great observation. Um, all right, well, uh, with that, it has our uh, main final topic piece. Are there any final thoughts from you before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, just lastly, I think it's really good that the Premier League's finally doing something about cheating. Um, yeah. This retrospective bans for diving i'm interested to see how it plays out because even with all the replays now you quite often see it and people still don't agree um and i think the league has always been careful that they don't want to get into re-refereeing matches because then you undermine all the officials you can't say to someone we're going to look at all your decisions again um but i do think on this one issue it is time i think there's players in the premier league who've made careers out of winning penalties that aren't penalties um Jamie Vardy won seven penalties last season, I think. He's won one this season. I think I've heard that on a TV game recently. So <laughs> referees are getting wise to it. But I think also having this, the extra layer of protection from the, the bands can hopefully rid us of ridiculous things like this. But then I remember Barcelona come back against PSG when Luis Suarez died to win a penalty. And it kind of made all the drama that much more extreme that he cheated to do it. So I don't know. It kind of made it better. <laughs> I <laughs> thought myself out of it. <laughs> but yeah, I, a lot of Cubs fans would say this that their players don't cheat, but genuinely, Burnley's players don't do it as much as everyone else. I don't mm. think. I hate it when it goes against us. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're finally doing something about cheating. Yeah, and Dice doesn't seem like the kind of manager that would just be okay with it happening, uh, to be sure. Um, all right, well, that'll do it for us uh, now. Now it's just the uh, long trudge to next season, or as you said, <laughs> a nice relaxing period where you don't have to watch Burnley anymore. Uh, yeah, not can... just that. Like, I got so obsessed with fantasy <laughs> Premier League in the last yeah. few weeks because... I was competing in like cash leagues and stuff, so to not have to every day be thinking about that, I was like, <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, it's somebody go that's in the it. fantasy industry. Oh, it's terrific. Also, just own Kane. Actually, here's a free tip in this Burnley preview. Um, don't own Harry Kane the first month of next season. He always starts slow. Everybody forgets this every year. I don't know how. <laughs> just chill. Well, wait till like October. You'll be great. Um, but in the interim, where can people find you? Yeah, I do uh, blogs on Burnley for ESPN FC. Um, hopefully, they'll have me back next season. I haven't said so yet. <laughs> so look out for that. I also host Burnley Football Club podcast, No Name Ever, which you can get at nonanever.net. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this relaxing period, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. <laughs> I hope I do too. No, like, at the minute, I'm like, thank God there's no football, but in about a week. <laughs> yeah, like, we're going to be all itching our arms and just like, where football? is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 100%. Well, thanks again. No worries. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.